Welcome to Asking for a Friend. Each week we discuss and answer questions about culture, the Bible, and everything in between, all with the hope of learning to glorify and pursue God more each day. Enjoy this week's episode. Good afternoon, everybody. What's up? I'm in the podcast studio today, aka his office, (laughs) with Pastor Charlie. Hello, Pastor Charlie. Hey, nice to be here again. I know, it's been too long. I accidentally missed the last two weeks of uploading, but... Yeah, we're good. Work, you know? Yeah. Speaking of work, what... I It has to do with today's episode, but what's the worst job you've ever had? Besides, you can't say being a pastor. No, no, it, is, <laughs> it certainly has its challenges, but, but uh, you know, there's a lot of joy in being a pastor. Uh, my first job, when I was 15, uh, I was a pizza delivery boy. Uh, and so that, that had an infinite amount of challenges, both working with people and then when people don't get what they want or you're delivering things or, uh, you know, you show up at a person's door and they're grumpy, uh, you tend to get the worst of it. So certainly wasn't my favorite job, but, um, you know, it, it provided an avenue of growth for me for sure. But that would, that'd probably be my worst job. A pizza delivery driver. Yeah. Yeah. Did you make lots of money and tips and stuff? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say lots of money, but uh, certainly that was the goal to make some. But cranky people tend not to give a lot of tips if they don't get what they want. So, yeah. Hmm. What was your worst job? Oh, gosh. I worked in high school very briefly at this. Have you heard of Kumon? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, my gosh. I worked there as a grader. So I would just grade the kids' work because I worked there because I thought I would get to, like, teach the kids things. But I was just grading papers, and I would fall asleep at work, like, every day. It was very bad because I would just sit at a desk by myself in the front and fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in high school, I had lots of jobs. I didn't really find one that I liked. Yeah. In college, I worked as a security guard for a car dealership, and it was overnight. And that was brutal. Yeah. I like did, yeah, thing. it was not only, I'm such a social person, so one, I was alone, two, it was overnight, it was terrible, terrible. And then you would, like, go to class the next day? Mm-hmm, yeah, it was yeah. dumb. <laughs> that does not sound ideal. Nope. But I'm sure it had its perks, maybe. Yeah, not. Right. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I guess that leads into today's episode, because we're going to talk all about work. Okay. All things work. Everyone has to have a job. Mm. And it's not always fun having a job. So I guess we can start there. Like, why is working so hard? Mm. I think I think we have to take it from from two vantage points. One, we have to we have to pull back. So work isn't a necessary evil. Like Genesis two, uh, specifically verse fifteen. So this is this is pre sin. Mm. Um, God ordains man and woman to work. So. There is a value that God attaches to um, some level of, uh, for them, the, the cultivation or the, the things that he's called them to do. So they discover more about God's character and God's creation before sin as they're doing work. So there's, there's joy, there's intentionality, God um, ordains or plans for them to do a work as part of his holy perfection and, and all of creation, which I think is a challenge for many of us because we're dealing 
uh, we're, we're on the other side of sin, right. where where we see how hard work is, and so sometimes it's really hard to distinguish between the goodness of what God's called us to in work and the hardness that we face on a regular basis with regards to the work that we actually do. So pre-sin work wasn't as it wasn't hard like it is now. So that's a good question. So that's that what what you get after Genesis three, and you get this eating of the apple and this sin involvement in the world, the punishment is threefold. One, right? Um, the punishment is on Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's to crawl on the, uh, you know, kind of this snake mentality where he's crawling on his belly. Childbirth mm-hmm. is painful because of sin's interjection in the world. And then what God says to Adam specifically is that your work is going to be hard. Okay. It's not going to be an easy, simple thing. You'll be dealing with thorns and thistles. You'll be you'll be wrestling with the reality that work is a good thing, but now it's also a very difficult thing because of the brokenness that's been infused in all of creation. So even in the midst of working, which I think all of us should do in, in some way, God, we discover the goodness of God through the levels of his provision and work, but the difficulty in work and the challenges that we face are a product of sin. Mm, okay. So is it, so it's not bad that I don't really want to work? Like, do you think that's a pretty normal thing? I, I don't know. So it, I, I think I, I'd approach it. <laughs> not in, me. Not me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'd approach it in two different ways. So the, the Bible does communicate in numerous different facets um, about slothfulness mm-hmm. or laziness. So there is a sense in which our desire not to work is also somewhat of a product of sin and brokenness. Mm-hmm. So we discover the goodness of God as we work, and we discover the goodness of God and His work in us as that work is hard. Mm-hmm. And so part of what we want to do when we desire not to work is um, a, a level of self-protection, our own comfort. Yeah. Like, I really just want my life to look a certain way, and when it doesn't, I'm either inconvenienced or uncomfortable, and because of that, I associate that hardness with the work that I'm in versus the change that God is doing in my life. Right. So I need to be able to be changed, and I want to be changed, and hard places are where God changes us. Mm -hmm. Mm. So Ecclesiastes has an interesting passage. So Solomon, uh, you know, known as the smartest guy in the known world at the time, and He's wrestling with really trying to discover how to find happiness. Yeah. And he goes all these different places. But he has this unique little component when he talks specifically about work. And he's asking the very question you're asking. Like, give me the bennies. Like, what's the benefit from doing those things? Yeah. Uh, and so here's what he says. What game has a worker from his toil? Right. I mean, that's the question about work. Like, yeah. why? Well, what's like, the, why do I have to? Yeah, what, what's the benefit of this? Here's what he says. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Here he goes. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into the hearts of men, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. 
God has done it, so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. So what he's telling us in the kind of context of life in and of itself is that um, the challenges that we face in our lifetime with work and the challenges are not a new invention. Right. Humanity has struggled with personnel issues, which is usually what tends to be the most challenging part of work. Yeah. It's not necessarily the work itself, but the people you work with. Mm-hmm. And so in the process of that, what does he tell us? God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. So part of what we have to do is pull back from the friction of what we feel and work and realizing that God has an eternal goal in the hearts of, and minds of all of those who are working, ours included. Mm-hmm. And that eternity is being conformed to the image of Christ. So here, here we go. In a difficult work situation, two things are happening. You're a light for the gospel, and God is changing you because of this difficult person. Mm-hmm. So we have to allow ourselves to submit to the fact that God is also helping us see a bigger picture of eternity in the challenges that we face. Mm. So it, that's a different way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like running away from whenever work is difficult. Cause I feel like in high school, that's what I did. Like if I hated the work or I hated the people that were there, mm-hmm. then I would just go find a new job. Right. And I feel like, I don't know. I mean, as I'm like working towards a degree and I'm going to have to use that degree in mm-hmm. a job, it makes me kind of, Fearful, not fearful, that's not the right word. Unsure, because it's like, well, what if one day I wake up and I don't want to do that sure. anymore? Right. Then what am I supposed to do? So so let me give you this, as we, as we draw back as far as possible, something that I would like to embed in all of our hearts, but even as, as your listeners are reading this, work is worship. Fundamentally, as we worship, as we work, we are understanding... Um, either in a in a wrong way, our worship of God, or in an accurate way of our worship of God. So we look at humanity, we look at the challenges, we look at the personnel conflicts, we even look at the work that was hard. Like I worked as a construction worker for a couple of years building houses in Arizona, and having to do that, like I had to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Mm. I had to, to drive. We worked in 108 degree temperature putting roofs on. Like it was it was, yeah. it was labor intensive in that regard. At the end of the day, the point that I had to get to or that God was wrestling in my own heart is that there's an extreme amount of discomfort that we're going to experience in this life. Um, but am I able to worship the God of all creation that has called me to this place at this time? So there's never an accident in terms of where the Lord has placed us. We have the job mm-hmm. we have because... God has given us an opportunity to experience his goodness and his grace. Um, and so work is worship. Now, I want to add one little caveat to that. As long as the work that we are doing isn't sin. So, you're, <laughs> right, because you can, yeah. you can have people that will say, well, you know, I, I work in an industry like pornography or strip club, those types of things. Right. Like we would never say, oh, yeah, that go ahead, keep doing that and do it as a way to honor the Lord, we would say, oh, no, in the context of s- sinful work that isn't glorifying to God and will never be glorifying to God, right. 
um, that would be a, a very easy reason to begin the thought of transitioning from those things mm-hmm. um, if someone came to faith in Christ and moving in that direction. But that that's a fairly uncommon reality. Yeah. Um, so for, for most of us, um, you know, how do you hear that? Just let's turn the tables a little bit and uh-huh. let me ask you, when you think about work as worship, what goes on in your own mind as you consider what that means? Yeah, I mean... It just makes me think, like, just because something is hard doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's even like worshiping on Sundays. Like, every Sunday you're not going to be in the mood to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, worship God and, say, sure. you know, say God is good when you're having a hard time believing right. that yourself. And, it, I mean, it's true of anything in life. Sure. You know, you can't always, it's not always going to be the fun thing or the easy thing, but that mm-hmm. just doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And I just don't know if it's a generational thing. Or maybe it's just a me thing. Mm. I think it's generational. I think a lot of people my age have this problem. But it's kind of like... Or I hear about my friends chasing this where it's like, I'm not enjoying this anymore, so why don't I just go do something I enjoy? Right. That's not even that's not necessarily a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. But you hear Christians and non-Christians alike being like, oh, well, I was doing this, but then I decided I didn't like it anymore. And now I've completely changed the path of my sure. whole life because I didn't find joy in the other thing. That's right. And, and so- I'm just like, like, how much of that is... Correct. Like, how much of that would be okay to... Mm-hmm. Well, I think we, in order to answer that, we have to look at two different things. One is, if work is worship, yeah. then if if the work that we're doing isn't making us happy, then what we're worshiping is happiness. Mm. So there's a level Uh-oh. of... So, so there's the challenge. But here's my generation that we struggle with, is that as we say work is worship, what ended up happening for many of people who are very driven is... I worship work. Yes. So my identity is now based on the job that I do. And it's a status component. Like if I can communicate to people and and sense that my job has value, then my identity is wrapped up in what I do and how successful I am in those things, mm. which is equally problematic than being yeah. lazy because it, you know, workaholism, 60, 70 hour work, we, you know, the, the uh, disconnect from home, the, you know, the conversations that we have in counseling frequently are specifically with men or I'm doing all these things to provide for my family. And what they're saying is I do it all for financial provision. Well, th- then what you're worshiping is a level of a lifestyle that you're looking at versus uh, a, a relational spiritual leadership that the yeah. Lord would be calling us to. And I think the tendency even in our day and age is, is women can get to feeling like my identity is based on what I do and the status of, of what I do. Yeah. Uh, so, so we have to wrestle with, with that theologically, right? Biblically, we have to ask ourselves, okay, um, who is it that God has called me to be? And how has God located me in a place to do those very things? Mm. Um, and so I think that uh, we have to think about how the gospel is compelling us to those, uh, those places and those things. So what we would say is, okay, God's my career manager, right? He can choose to do whatever he wants to do and take me wherever he wants me to go. So we, we're open-handed. Right. But then how do you know, right? That's the question. How do you know where God's calling you? Or like or if, if I just don't want to do this anymore and mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something else. So, so selfish motives, self, self-reflection, introspection are, are really key things. Yeah. So here's one truth that I would kind of lay 
before you and even something I need to be reminded of is that um, God never calls me to run from something. He takes me to something. Hmm. So if I'm if I'm pulling away because I just don't right. like it anymore, hmm. the, the goal is to wrestle in my mind. Because like you said, as we were starting to wrestle with this and just talk about it, um, you will always be in a work situation that will have problems. Yeah. It doesn't, you're just transferring the location mm-hmm. of the problems. And well, and if every job you have sucks, what's the one thing in common but, with, that's right. with you working in all those places? That's it's right. you. Right. There's an, there's an attitude and a, a heart behind what God is cultivating. And, and that's what I love about the relentless pursuit of God in all of our lives is that no matter the location, God is at work to grab our attention yeah. and ask us, well, what really are you worshiping? Mm-hmm. Is it convenience? Is it comfort? Is it a... Or happiness, like you said, like yeah. enjoyment? Is it just a great work environment where I, I love everything? And so what ends up becoming central in that mentality is us. Mm-hmm. Like we become the driver. And so if God's the career manager, then we can be in some of the most difficult spots as long as we're able to see that God is calling us to... Uh, an aspect of worship of him. And that's where he tells us right here, like, everything you do. Here's what he says in, in the book of, of yeah, everything you do, do it as to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so you work here, you have had other jobs. What we would say, biblically, is that God's your boss. Yeah. It, you're working for him, first and foremost. Even if your boss um, uh, in, in a workplace is not a believer, Right? And doesn't mm-hmm. care a lick about the truth of the gospel. The decisions that you make are decisions that reflect the reality that God is the one that is ultimately your boss and, and who's in charge. Um, so our heart behind the attitude in which we work um, is, is a critical place that uh, I think God uses work to begin to change us in a lot of significant ways. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on this earlier and we can get into this a little bit, but just the hardest part, I mean, for some people, other than not enjoying your work, the next hardest thing is not enjoying the people you work with. Mm-hmm. And um, something you hear a lot is you spend more time with your coworkers than you do with your own family. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing these same people mm-hmm. 40 hours a week, every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you, what would you say to someone that really is just having a hard time with their coworkers? Sure. Because I've been in positions like that. Not at the church, obviously. I mean, I work at the church yeah. now. I'm not talking about my coworkers sure, here. Sure, sure. But um, just being around people that aren't Christian, don't have the same mm-hmm. values as you. They're rude, mm-hmm. disrespectful, mm-hmm. hard to be around. You know, mm-hmm. all the things. You've had bad coworkers. I sure, assume. sure. And welcome. I mean, there, there's a part of... Um, a, a reality that um, that's where Ecclesiastes is so critical, right? God has placed eternity, and it doesn't say in the hearts of people you like. <laughs> it says God has placed the eternity in the hearts of man. Yeah. So every location in this world is, first and foremost, a mission field. Hmm. So armed with the gospel, we would expect 100% to encounter some of the most seedy, crazy brokenness that you can imagine. So we've said before on your podcast, right, hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's a sense in which even, like we've said a few times before, one of your favorite 
kind of, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, statements is that, you know, feelings are real, but they're not reliable. Mm-hmm. So we can't govern our decisions based on all the trustworthiness of our own feelings. Mm. We have to be able to ask ourselves, Lord, have you, have you put me in this place? Um, as a as a light, as as a way to represent your character, um, and it, whether wherever you might be working, it it might not be long term, right? Like, right. I, I'm not gonna, you know, my my career not might not be Target or Walmart or McDonald's <laughs> or whatever, but for this season, the Lord has opened the door to provide for me a place to work here, where my attitude reflects um, my understanding of God. Um, and so that that's kind of the, the place that we start. Um, and then we begin to consider that there there are legitimate reasons to transition yeah. from a job. So, um, you know, a, an, a, an abusive, authoritative boss that is destructive, if there's exploitation of employees, if there's things that are taking place in the context of the work environment that are, uh, you know... Um, destructive across the board then I think there's something to consider like yeah I don't this this is not a wise thing for me to attach my my life to these things and and drain all of um you know my own emotions in my heart like there's just a I want to be changed by God but there's a place where it just tips over to being detrimental yeah to my walk with God so there's I think there's a place to prayerfully consider Lord maybe it's time to move on, but I need you to show me. I don't want to run, right? but I, I want you to, to I'm, I'm, I'm open to you taking me to, to a different place in that regard. Um, yeah. For sure. So. Hmm. Yeah. There's, I was, somebody I was reading was talking about just the hardness of work, right? Genesis three, the fall brokenness. And, and they gave four categories to think about when we consider a difficult work environment. So prior to making any decision, one thing I would say is expedience is never your friend. Mm-hmm. So just, you Like know, making hasty decisions? Yeah, yeah, just just throwing your apron down and say, I quit, I'm out of here, I can't mm. do this anymore. Like there, there's a level <laughs> of, you know, struggling those, we wanna be thoughtful and wise in those things. And so the way to pause, and this is uh, Warren Wearsby, he's a, a scholar, he said this, he said, look up, Look within, look ahead, look around. So look up. You know, mm-hmm. what is it? What was God doing? It's no accident that I'm here. Mm-hmm. What's he doing inside? I got to look within and see what really is governing my decisions and the frustrations mm-hmm. that I feel. I have to look ahead. Where's mm-hmm. God calling me down the road? Um, and then I have to look around. Where are places and opportunities that the gospel is beginning to bear fruit and have transformative work in the lives of people. Um, and and I think, you know, sometimes we are never aware of those things. I was a I was a waiter at Chili's for a while. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was in a transition. We were just kinda and so I was in the process of applying for jobs for pastoral ministry, but you know, Aaron and I needed money. She was working at um, another restaurant, a more higher end restaurant than I was. I was just a a newbie in these things, but we developed some some friendships with people. There was one um, waitress and her husband that had a, a a few kids, and they had somebody broken into their house, and they were just really struggling with feeling vulnerable and violated. And 
they wanted some counseling, but they didn't even know what to think or where to go, but they knew that I was pursuing pastoral ministry. So they talked to me. There was another couple that, that was there at Chili's. I'm still friends with them. It's just crazy how God does it. Uh, and they started dating. There was a, you know, he was a waiter, she was a waitress, and uh, they weren't believers. They were, you know, doing all the things that non-believers do in the context of those things. But in the process of my relationship with them, God afforded me the chance to share the gospel with them, and they asked me to do their wedding. Wow. So those types of things, like, you can never predict. Yeah. So we open our lives to say, God, you can use it however you want, but I, I want to look up, I want to look within, I want to look ahead, and I want to look around. Because I don't want it to just be, mm. this is hard, I don't like yeah. it, I'm going to find something else. <laughs> so. Mm. Those would be my, some thoughts that I would give in those regards. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, that's a really good way to look at it. Mm. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. You're a wise pastor. And I'm just <laughs> like, ah, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. What? Well, and like you said, working at Target is different from like sure working on a career. The thing I find is that, and maybe other people see this too, but it's like the people I'm around at work, I don't like how they influence me. Like, I want to be a light at work. Sure. But when I'm around these people all the time, I mean, they're going to they're gonna be influencing me as well. Mm -hmm. So I guess, how, what would you say to that? Like, maybe advice for people that find themselves in that situation? Sure. Like, constantly around people that are not Christian, not a right. good influence. Right. Like, struggling to be a light, but also trying to guard your own heart and uh -huh. not be like them, like be of the world. What is it? Be in, in the world, not of it. Yeah. And, and even Proverbs gives us a great indication that says bad company corrupts good character. Yes, yes. And so there is a sense in which um, there there's nothing neutral. Like we are always yes. being influenced by everything. Mm -hmm. So the wisdom would be to say, as I think about the mission field and the calling that God has given me, whether it's at at Target or in a church or McDonald's, wh wherever I'm at at this point, I realize as I look within um, tendencies of my own soul. There's, there's, there's longings, there's temptations, there's places that I'm drawn, and and I start to be influenced by these things. And so part of the way that the biblical community comes around is that I, I need to place, let's just call it infrastructure. I need to place people in my life that are influencing and pushing me towards Christ. Mm -hmm. So I have to willingly choose to be open and authentic with the struggle with people that I trust in a way that I know that one, they're going to be praying for me and two, they're going to lead me to the scriptures and they're going to begin to help me wrestle with those places. And they're also going to tell me um, that I have a close enough relationship that if I start to kind of go down that path yeah. and be an influence, they're going to say, Hey, I, I love you. What the heck are you doing? Like, you, this is not gonna end well. These decisions are destructive for you, uh, and 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 um, you know, gently restore, as Colossians tells us, or Galatians tells us that if you if an, if you see a person in sin, you go to them and you you gently restore them. Like, there's a a kindness and a love mm. and affection. So. It's never an either or. We we are in the mission field. We're in a broken world. We're gonna be influenced by the world's things, whether it's billboards or people. We're gonna be drawn, yep. right? And you know, anger gets mounted on a daily basis as you scroll through Facebook. So, I mean, we're influenced, and so what we need is the community of faith and the Word of God to root us and anchor us in what's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's a critical place. 
Um, is there any like practical advice that you've found helpful for people that want to be a light at work, mm -hmm. um, but they're just having a hard time doing that? Mm -hmm. Even as simple as like not engaging in gossip, like not mm -hmm. being part of those conversations or something I find too is when there's a, a norm at work, like, mm -hmm. like intentionally not following a rule. It's like, oh, nobody does that. Like, that's just not something we mm -hmm. do. Like, what do you, what would you do in those hard situations when you're kind of mm -hmm. forced to conform to what everyone else mm -hmm. is doing or do the right thing. Yeah. So here's the temptation. If I could capture it in a big way, it would be that our tendency, um, is to minimize the significance of the moment. And, yes. and what I mean by that yes. is that we would say, Hey, I, 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 this, this isn't my job. It's not my career. I, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's purposeful kingdom work, yep. right? I'm just checking out people or delivering pizzas, right? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, the word is clear that everything we do, we do for the Lord. And so mm -hmm. it's not as though there's this sort of judgmental God up in heaven, you know, pointing his finger at every wrong we've done. What he's saying is that in our intimacy with Christ, there's a level and a desire to do things that are honorable. So um, one, and I would say this was true in my life, there are times that I probably did engage and didn't want to confront and was just a part of some of those activities that weren't good. Yeah. Um, and so in the process of those things, one truth that's critical is it's never too late to make an honorable decision. Mm. Like you're not so far in. The consequences might be larger, but like when I was working at Chili's, here's one of the things that was just the norm. If you got any cash tips, you, most of the people never reported that. So they never said, oh, yeah, my tips were this much um, because you had to report credit card tips. But who knew how much cash you were given? And so you could take that home. For yeah, you. that's yeah. right. Just put it in your pocket, baby. Life is good. And and, you know, and then you start to justify those things. What, mm. you know, it's the, mine. They gave it to me. Yeah, I the, did a good job. That's right. The government has enough money. <laughs> like it doesn't need my, I'm, I'm a struggling married person. Like what? What's the big deal in that regard? Um, and, and yet, in the context of, of that challenge, is that there's a level of dishonesty. Yeah. And so I don't need to parade it around being like, oh yeah, I claimed my tips so that everybody knows that I'm a great righteous guy. Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it honors God. And so if, if our heart is to work for the Lord and He's our boss and He sees everything, then there's a sense of, I just want to be honorable in yeah. my attitudes and actions and how I treat people. Now when I do sin and I hurt people's feelings, for me... I, uh, you know, the tendency would be to joke around a bit and be sarcastic. Yep. And that, that coarse joking sometimes hurt people's feelings. And so as a believer, I need to go back to them and say, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Yeah. And I, I took it too far and, and own it. Now, did I expect their forgiveness? No. I, it's one of those things where you're, you realize your failures in those moments. But at the end of the day, that's what I mean. It's like it's never too late to make an honorable decision rather than just sweeping it under the rug like everybody else might do. Yeah. I, I want I want the Lord to know that my heart wants to be right before him. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And um, I think sometimes even part of being a light at work can just be by living differently like people mm -hmm. will notice there's something different about you it's mm -hmm. like why does this person not engage in gossip why does mm -hmm. this person not just uh 
do things the easy way and not the right way. I think those actions, they'll speak for themselves. And when people do ask you Mm -hmm. about it, that can open up a conversation about your motivation behind things. It's like, I actually don't come to work just to get that paycheck and go home. Like I'm working for the Lord. Yeah. And I think that's right. I mean, I think there's a place of not having to prove the work of the gospel in our lives. Mm -hmm. Because I think there is that, you know, sometimes we as believers put an added weight on ourselves of, um, I need to make sure that I do everything right mm-hmm. so that God is honored, which I think is a good motive, but it can become transactional. So what we say when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, yep. joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. What we're saying is those are fruits of the Spirit. So as God works in us, those things are evident because the Spirit is bearing fruit in our lives. So it's not, I'm doing all these right things, and so look, look at me. It's to say... Hey, I, I want a gentle, humble heart that sees work as worship. I want to worship God in everything I do and everything I say. And then I want the fruit to be that which is noticeable by those around me, right? Yeah. Look up, look within, look ahead, look around. Like God is at work in tremendous ways. And so I would say uh, kind of at the end of that, there is no person in your life or mine that we have ever met, no suffering we've ever encountered, it is an accident. Yeah. Like you in the 8 billion people in the world, right? The people that you work with mm. are there because they're ordained by God to be in your life for a season. Wow. And, I mean, it just, it, it puts a significance into, you know, whether you're a cashier at a, at a store or whether you're a star. I used to work at Home Depot and, you know, <laughs> we we're doing all this and you're dealing with customers all the time and so on and so forth. And you think about those things and you think, you know, every person that comes across my way is a person that God has afforded the opportunity in his sovereign care to allow to run through my life for an instant. Mm. And, and if Ecclesiastes is true, which I think it is, then eternity is in their heart. And yeah. I think there's a, there's a significance to even the smallest of interactions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, it's like treating, yeah, every interaction, everything that God allows us to do, just doing it with excellence, mm-hmm. like being fully present and mm-hmm. not just right. doing it halfway or kind of, right. you know, oh, I guess I'll do it, but just, right. yeah. I have this conversation with my kids. We actually had it last night because <laughs> in my mind, um, school that they're in is their work right Mm -hmm. so this is where they're worshiping this is how they're worshiping the lord and there's some challenges with you know interactions with with some of the kids in the public school and wrestling with how to think about those things and so on and so forth and in the the consistent mantra that we have is that um you will encounter people and they will treat you poorly yeah and 90 percent of the time it's not about you there's something that they're going through in some way that they're hurting. It could be challenges at home. And so uh, let me encourage you to ask this one question. And so I, I told my girls that last night, actually. I said, just just ask them this and see what they say. Hey, you seem to be having a rough day. Things are hard. Are you okay? I mean, is, is there something else going on that we don't see? Um, and, you know, that you know, we've tried to be nice. We try, And I said, that's fine. Just ask a deeper question and see what happens. They might be like, no, everything's fine. I'm great. But just the fact that you added a level of concern about really how their life is going um, mm-hmm. opens the door in 
real ways where our hearts would be to bite back. And yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to fight back. We want to defend ourselves. We want. We hate injustice. We don't like how people treat us or what they say. But often it's because there's a lot underneath the surface and we just get to be the recipient. And so at times we might take some harsh things that are said uh, until we can have enough relationship to get underneath yeah. the surface. So. Mm, that's good. Co-workers. Co-workers, what are you going to do? They're the worst. <laughs> We're co-workers. That's right, yes we are. Yes we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like my co-workers here better than the ones at Target. Okay. No offense to my co-workers <laughs> at Target. Yeah. I doubt they're listening to this. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but every every challenge is, mm. is a place where, you know, God is instrumenting change. And so we have to admit to ourselves, and I think this is... If I could, if I could tie this conversation, this podcast into a neat little bow. Yeah. The, the one thing that I think would be absolutely critical um, for us to wrestle with is, um, you are no better before God than the person that's hurt you, or the person that you struggle with hmm. at work. Like, you are as in, and I am as in deep need of dependency upon God and faith and trust in Him as. The, the co-worker that agitates me, the the personality that I don't like. like mm. Our hearts move to self-righteousness really quick where yes. we say, I'm thankful I'm not them. And the gospel yes. says, uh, yes, you are. <laughs> and and you, you need Jesus and, and his wisdom and grace and compassion and empathy um, more so than, um, yeah, just as much as anyone else. There's a book written by Larry Osborne called Things called accidental Pharisee. Mm. And what he's saying <laughs> is that often we don't even realize that that's really how we operate. Like, yeah. we really do at times think that we're better yeah. than the people around us. We And, and we compare. We, I work harder. I, I do that all the time. I know. It's so, it's, it's, it's insidious. <laughs> but you think, man, that lazy duff over there isn't doing half of the work that I'm doing. Right. And at the end of the day, the question is, well, you working to compete with him or are you working for Jesus? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it changes us. Work, work is good and godly yeah. um, and honorable, but it's, it's hard. Yeah. I think my favorite thing you said was that God never calls us to run away from something, but calls us toward things. Jeez. So it's like, just cause things are hard. That doesn't mean that God's giving me permission to run away mm -hmm. from it. Yeah. God wouldn't, want me to just run away from things. Imagine mm. if we ran away from every hard thing. Yeah. We probably wouldn't grow at all yeah. ever. Yeah. So I think for me, that's really, that's what I'm going to go think about now. Yeah. yeah. What am I running away from? I mean, I've quit so many jobs. Like in <laughs> high school, I had so many jobs. Yeah. It's just like, oh, uh, this isn't fun anymore. It's like, well, work's not always going to be fun. Right. It's not, God doesn't yeah. promise us that work's always going to be fun. Yeah. That's the truth. Mm. But wouldn't it be better if it was? <laughs> I mean, I this job is fun. I haven't ran into the this job's not fun anymore yet. So I wonder yeah, when that happens. I don't know. I mean, I would say that uh, at the end of the day, the, the places that it's not fun are the very places God is changing us. And so mm. we don't jump in because it's fun, but we do realize that God has some development. Like Colossians tells us, right, present everyone mature in Christ. And so what we get is that the Lord is leveraging 
everything, mm -hmm. every moment, every experience, every feeling, every emotion, every, every interaction to instrument maturity and change in our life. And so yeah. what we would have to confess is, you know what? I've made immature decisions. Yeah. I, I've given up on things too quickly because I didn't feel the way that I wanted to feel. And so it's a great moment. Those feelings. Yeah. It, it just, you know, God's changing us and growing us. And that, that's a good thing. Yeah. So we need to be changed. So. And we need to work. That's right. Go Amen. get a job. Amen, sister. Preach. All right. All right. Thank you. See y'all, everybody. Go get a job. Bye-bye. <laughs> if you have any questions, topic suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. For more information on our church, visit psbible.com.